What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America Podcast is brought to you by my friends at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Stop drinking communist coffee. I don't care. Stop. Stop it. Stop right now. Drink America's coffee, and that is Black Rifle Coffee. They give millions of dollars every single year to veterans. They give millions of dollars every single year to veteran charities, including the Dear America Foundation. They employ thousands of veterans across the world and everything you can possibly imagine. And their coffee actually is really good because it is America's coffee. So stop drinking communist coffee. Drink America's coffee. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com right now. All right, what's going hey. on, America? Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. John Cooper, is in the house today. John, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. In person. We get yeah, to do it in person so cool. again. I love it. I yeah. love it. And you got the applause for me, which I appreciate. I know. There's I don't a, go anywhere There's the a live audience here, if you didn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> thousands of people here to see our show today. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everyone cares. We are, we are live uh, from uh, the sawmill out in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina. Literally we, middle of nowhere. We are here at our charity event, supporting our veterans and our first responders. Man, thank you so much for not only being on the show, but just being here and supporting this. Uh, man, you have such a love for our veterans, our our first responders, our police, our firefighters, our EMS and everything. Just real quick, I mean, just, you know, any words of encouragement for especially our cops right now and everything that they're doing before we get into the episode today? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to be here. I appreciate you uh, having me out. I got to... Uh embarrass myself on the on the range a little while ago. No, I didn't, did I didn't oh, do no. very good, but it's it's fine. You hit him a couple times. You uh, hit yeah, the target a couple yeah. times at least. I wasn't hearing near as much metal as I should have been. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean I mean, yeah, absolutely. This is a this I can't imagine being a cop right now. Mm, I, I yeah. mean it's just so discouraging. And uh you know, I, I, I have a real love for people who lay their lives down on the line no. and, 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 and maybe without getting too, uh, you know, deep or this early in the morning, maybe that comes from our shared belief, you, you and I, yeah. that there is no greater love than someone who lays his life down for his friends. Mm, absolutely. That's, yeah. You know, of course, and that's what Jesus said. Maybe it comes from that. But when I see somebody that is willing, this is what blows me away. Not just willing to lay their life down for a friend, willing to lay their life down for an enemy. Yeah. And, and this is crazy. You don't have to. You don't have to love America or or love the principles. In fact, you could hate America, hate the principles, and you're still going to find service members and first responders who lay their get lives down every for day. that. Yep, get up every day. That is that's that's next level. Yeah, and uh, I think it takes a particular just grace to do that. So I'm I'm very passionate about that. I'm also passionate about it because truthfully, I've met hundreds and hundreds of. Of, of veterans and families of veterans yeah. that say people come through an autograph line at a skillet show yeah. and they'll have their phone on and they say, here's my husband. He's serving in, you know, fill in the blank country. Yeah. He, he wants to be here, but he can't, you know, and I'm, I just can't believe our music means this much to yeah. people. And I, I, and, and, and the last thing I'll say about it again, not to get too heavy, but 
because I've met a lot of people like this, I've heard the, the, their stories and and a lot of the P- PTSD, yeah. a lot of the depression, the, the suicide. I mean, you know, we just played um, an Air Force tour. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I remember we that. We just yeah. went and did a great one. They said, hey, one of the guys said, this is a really important time. You guys are here. He said, within the last two weeks, we had two suicides on the mm, base. Yeah. And it's it's just heartbreaking, and so I, I want to give back if I can. Yeah. So that's a long that's a long story, but I just want to say thank you to those, and it's, and again, it's the families as well. I mean, these people, these the the, the spouses, the kids. It's, oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's a everybody. Family thing. Yeah, it's everybody. I agree, and and we 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 not only love you guys and your family and everything that Skillet does, we appreciate you being here. Uh, for this event and showing your support. You know, a lot of people can say it, but it's a whole other thing to go out of your way, which you did. You had to catch multiple flights. You got in super late last night, um, and you're just here, just to be here among among our our men and women who serve and just to show that you care. And I think that that's, that's something. All right, Healthy Cell is the next generation of dietary supplements. If you take supplements in pill form now, Honestly, it's time to change. Studies show that you don't absorb most of the nutrients in pills, not to mention they can be hard to swallow, and let's face it, vitamins you can't absorb are a waste of money. That's why doctors and nutritionists created Healthy Cell, a great-tasting, ingestible gel with 165%, yes, 165% more absorption than pills. Let me give you an example. Researchers have shown I don't know why I said researchers. Research has shown that distractions not only hurt productivity, but they can lead to higher stress and a bad mood, which means focus and concentration are shaping up to be the new superpowers of the 21st century professionals. In 2008, the average amount of concentrated time on a task without distraction was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. That's less attentiveness than a goldfish. This is true, by the way. Um, even in even in videos, they say that it used to be you had 30 seconds to capture attention. Now you've got like seven. Healthy Cells Micro Gel ensures maximum absorption of exactly the sort of premium nutrients you need to help support focus, recall, mental speed, and rapid learning. If it's optimal brain performance you want, check out Healthy Cell. All you got to do is visit HealthyCell.com slash ground. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L dot com and use the code Graham for 20% off your first order. Go to HealthyCell.com slash Graham now. Moving into the episode today, I want to take it a bit different direction than we normally do. This is, I've asked a lot of people and we've taken the show not completely different direction, but a little bit where we have one show that is our normal, like a wrap up of everything that's going on kind of thing. Another show is like a Q and a of me, but then the other show is more of a purpose of value, like something that people can go back and listen to over and over and over again, as they walk through this life, um, trying to figure out their faith, or if they they do have Christian beliefs, they're trying to live that. And then a lot of people are trying to fit, find their purpose and leadership and all of this stuff. So I thought today, as a very successful person yourself and a very firm, strong believer as yourself, I thought that we would talk about those qualities and those things that you've learned and perhaps give the audience 
some real tangible things that they can take in their own lives. How does that sound? I think it sounds is great. That, is that pretty good? Yeah. John is secretly so thankful that I'm not going pure conspiracy theory on him no, in, this, no, in this episode. I, I'm up for whatever, but I hope I, I hope I say something worth worth listening uh, to. We'll I, see. I have no doubt that you will. All right. So first and foremost, okay. Yeah. As a Christian, as a father, as a husband, as a as a business, a successful business. I, I mean. You are a musician, but you're an entrepreneur, right? I mean, sure. that, that's an entrepreneurial venture to go into the music business and things. What's the what's the best advice that's ever been given to you that you can give sure. to, to, to to the audience? Well, you're right. Uh, being in a band is a business adventure, uh, a business venture. Yep. And if you want, if you want proof. All you got to do is look at at the people who made millions and millions of dollars who are destitute now. Yes, because okay. <laughs> yeah. they, they're like, "What? I'm just a, I'm a musician living it up." Yeah. Like, dude, if I had made the money you had made, you know, this is why like Michael Jackson dies and, and he owes twenty million dollars in taxes or something yeah. like that. You know, the king of pop. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a business. So, yes. You know, best advice I've ever been given. I, I just want to say this real quick <clears throat> because when I do something like this. Uh, I talk so much about my faith, mm-hmm. you know, you do too. I always want people to understand that that uh, if I'm talking about Christian principles, I believe those principles are for for people, even if you're not Christian, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. They're principles that will work in your life. And so, and you can put them to the test. I mean, it's funny. I remember the first time I heard Jordan Peterson. Yeah. The first time I heard him talking, we were thinking, that's a lot like what we believe. Yeah. But that yeah. sounds a lot like, the Protestant work ethic, as they call it. Absolutely. So, you know, these are just great principles. The best advice I've ever been given was to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. Yeah. And, of course, that is from the Bible, but but you can extrapolate a lot from that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and if you really wanted to take a complete secular position, which, I, of course, I don't want to, but just <laughs> some people listening may For want— For the sake of the—yeah, doing they, it. They yeah. may want to do that. Then you take a— uh, Let's extrapolate something from this. What that what that means is part of what it means is serving something bigger outside of yourself. It's not all about you. It's not mm-hmm. all about the things you want. Yeah. And if you had everything that you think you want, if you made a list, here's my dreams, top ten things I have. And if if God or whatever you believe in, the universe gives it to you, you probably still wouldn't be happy if yeah. you're living for yourself. Yeah. So you, you can you can come to that same conclusion from a lot of different places. But 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 I of course believe that the Bible is the word of God and it's the ultimate authority. So and so what God is saying is is life is not all about you. It's not all about the mm-hmm. things that you want yeah. to do. And if you seek me and my righteousness, then the things that you want are going to begin to change. Yeah. And yeah. you can talk to any billionaire on the planet that has all the money in the world, and they would be like, yeah, in the end, it didn't actually make me happy until I started giving this money away. Yeah. They will all tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. It's not all about you. The, the One of the best things I love about God and how big God is, is you just, it's not all about you. You never know the interactions that you have by doing what you know God's telling you to do. Me and you have had this conversation the first time we met. I was a 15-year-old kid when I first met you, back before you grew your beard out, back in the original <laughs> days, and you were you were the nicest person ever. And not only did I love Skillet's music, but then I met you, and I was like, man, this guy's like the real deal. 
And I've told you very much like you were talking about uh, stories of veterans. I've told you this story going out the wire in Iraq. We listened to skillet music, et cetera. And now, so many years later, here me and you are. We're great friends, or at least I consider us great friends. Uh, you may be like, ah, oh, Graham's just one of those people I got to deal with. Uh, and here we are able to talk about all this stuff and reach people that we have no idea who we may be mm-hmm. reaching through God, doing what we're doing so many years later. I think it's just so cool. Like, I think, awesome. I think how me and you have become friends is just this cool thing because it, it went from a chance interaction into you know, what it is now. It just shows, shows how big God is. Absolutely. Um, which leads us into our next part of all this stuff. So some of the biggest things that I get questions from people all the time is, how did you do it? How did you become successful? How, in you know, in everybody's definition of success is different, but how did you, how did you have faith and know that this is what you were supposed to do, whether you sold no out, uh, no record sales, or you, you know, you become this gigantic band that Skillet has for so many years. How did you know, and how did you have faith in your decision that this is what you were supposed to be doing? Man, that's such a huge question. I know, I know it's a big question. No, but- I mean, it's a great question, and it's also one of those things that you probably, there's, you, you have 15 different answers yeah, for, and yeah. it all come, kind of comes together. I mean, I think one of the really important things it's funny because it flows from the first question, doesn't it? You yep. know, which which is, if my life is is not all about me, then there has to be some sort of foundation for meaning yeah. and for who I am and for why I want to do what I want to do. Now, Skillet started in the '90s, yeah, and so the '90s was a very uh, re- rebellious time. Yeah, the '90s was very much a rebellion against what we would call you know materialism. You know, the '80s was like. Uh, the yuppies, yep. uh, Trump before be- yeah, before yeah. what we think of as Trump, yep. the money, the, the this, it was like everybody needed the, the, the clothes and, and it was just such, a, a, just excess. It was a, it was a, uh, the eighties was just a, all you gotta do is listen to music, which you can oh, kind of yeah. hear in the background. Yep. So you listen to the music, you watch the movies. It, it was just, um, in the nineties, we were all like, all you people are telling us we're going to be happy if we have all the money in the world and yeah. you're not happy. You're literally the, you know, I don't know if people know the eighties had an incredibly high suicide rate. Yep. People were depressed an incredibly high divorce rate. Yeah. You know, we look at the divorce rate in America now and it's actually only approaching what it was actually in the eighties, which right. was a time of decadence. So yeah. the nineties was a rebellion against that. And so my life with God was going, okay, I don't want to fall in those traps. Yeah, I yeah. know the world doesn't have what it takes to actually fulfill me. Yeah. So what, how, can I, wh- how can I be used? Making music was fun. Yeah. Could I really make a living doing that? I don't really know if I could or not. So it was kind of a, a, a conversation of first things. So I would encourage people, to, to no matter what you believe, decide what your first things are. Yeah. And that goes back to the original conversation which is is to seek first the kingdom of God. And so for me, if my first thing was to become a famous rock star, right. then you might end up doing things that you're not proud of to become that famous mm. rock star. You sell your soul. Yeah. You go, well, I don't really want to do that, but I guess um, maybe I'll sing that song even though I don't really believe it. You know, that could be just selling out artistically, or it could be something deeper than that. Yeah. You know, you see these people go crazy. 
let me, let me, the, the, what we're living in, the celebrity culture is so insane. Yeah. A lot of times they're just, they, they need to keep themselves in the headlines. Yeah. So what do you do to do that? You have a breakdown and shave your head and go to a <laughs> mental institution. Yeah. And, and you do something that you can do to keep yourself in, in the headlines. I'm not saying they're all doing it. Some of them have just gone crazy because remember like Justin Bieber. Remember yeah. when Justin Bieber had all of his breakdowns? I'm mean, yeah. thinking, why is he even breakdowns? He's worth like... Uh, he's worth like two hundred million dollars. Yep. There was there will never be anything in this life he can't have. Yeah, but it ain't enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was an issue of I want to play music. I think my music could help people. My first thing is that I want to glorify God in that. It's not about me. It's not about money. But I do need to take care of myself. Yeah, but but you do yeah. have to pay the bills. Pay the bills. Yeah, and you. So I'm going to do what I need to do to make that happen without selling a piece of my soul. And then yeah. something amazing happened that I never expected. And then and now it's time to preach. What I never expected was that God is actually faithful to his word. Yeah. And if you implement biblical principles, you will be blessed. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense for God to say, I'm going to give you principles and you do all these principles. It's going to make your life a lot worse. That wouldn't make sense. He created a moral universe that is yeah. in line with his character. Yeah. And so when you do things that respond to his character, so I could tell people out there, Last thing I'll say about it, I could just say this. Uh, again, um, your business principles, if your number one goal is to get rich no matter what, you may you may do business practices that you're not proud of. You may cheat yeah. your clients. It eventually will come to bite you in the butt. Yeah. You yeah. may have all the money, but it'll end up getting yeah. you in the end. You, you probably will make money. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing that a lot of people don't. Some of the richest people I know are just the most backstabbing just <laughs> will sell their own mother for a profit, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. And, and it's weird, and, but those are some of the most miserable people yeah. in the entire world. And, and, and I think that's important because we've talked about that a lot, how, you know, everybody thinks the answers to their problems is, uh, you know, monetary value. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you hit a very big point that I've actually talked about a lot because um, I have not been at, I have not been successful for as long as you have. And so I, I would love to get your, um, perspective on this. It, it can be, it can be lonely and not what you think it was going to be at whatever your top is. Right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and like I said, success is relative to the person. Right. So there's a lot of people who have, as you called it, been successful. They've hit that, whatever that thing is. And then they, you know, they've made some money and all this stuff. And then they get there and then they realize there's nothing here. Like you get to the top of that mountain and you realize I'm alone up here. Like yeah. there's like, there's, there's no one here and I'm depressed and I'm empty and I don't, I shouldn't be empty and I shouldn't be depressed. Did you ever have any moments where you got to a point where you were like, wow, this is perhaps you didn't because you did it such a better way than a lot of people. But did you ever have moments where you were like, wow, I outside of your wife, I have an amazing wife too. I'm talking about community wise. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have those moments where you felt kind of alone? And, and, and you know, what did you do in those situations? Yeah. No, uh, what a great point. Um, so um, I actually wrote this little this little uh, anecdote in my book, and uh, it's from one of my best friends. He's a, he's a pastor, and uh, check out this story. This is insane. He said he met so he met this man 
This man uh, was an incredibly wealthy businessman, had it all. I mean, he's like his his kids, kids, kids will never need money. Right. right? We're right, talking right. about money that me and you don't even understand. You understand, yeah. All right. So he, he had done it all. He came to Christ when he, in his, I think, 80s, 75, 76 years old, finally found what he was looking for mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, and he begins giving money away. He, the first thing he does, he's giving money Just, away. Yeah, get rid of it, yeah. And so my my friend, who's a pastor, he sat down with him. He said, okay, you know, you're 77. I mean, you've done, you've done it all. What do you want to do with the time you have left? What's your mission now? And this, this elderly man said to him, he said, you know what? My mission is, he said, I've been to the top of the mountain. Everything the world said— is at the top of the mountain. I made it. I got all the way up there. And he said, in whatever time I have left, my mission is to walk back down the mountain and scream to as many people that I can find who are clawing their way to the top, kicking and screaming and throwing other people down the mountain to get ahead to tell every one of them, I've been to the top of the mountain and there is nothing there. There's nothing up there. There's Mm. nothing there. You're fighting to get to, to nowhere. Yeah. And so I wrote about this in my book because that basically is the story of the book of Ecclesiastes in the yeah. Bible. This yeah. is basically what Solomon's saying. Solomon's basically saying the, uh, it, it's the, the, the most miserable person in the world is actually the richest yeah. person. He's the one that, that had it. There's nothing else to do. I've, I've had all the women. I've had all the, the drugs. I've had all the—I've explored it to its fullest— and it didn't give me what I wanted, yeah. and that brings even more sadness. And some people are even more miserable after you, they get those things are. than when they were trying so hard to achieve it. Yes, because you always have in your mind the hope of when I get it, it's yeah. going to be then awesome. Be happy. Yeah. And then you do, you do, and you, and, and, and look, marriage is the same way. Yeah, you think it's going to be amazing. I find that one person; it's going to be great. You know, and, and 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 me and you a second ago, Graham, we were walking up. People can't hear, but some of these old 80s songs were playing, yeah. which I love. But, yep. you know, every 80s song is about basically, I'm going to be up all night having sex, yep. just whipping her. Yeah. You know, and and and, and you're kind of like, yeah, that's not going to happen yeah, either. It's not, this yeah. is all... This is all a fantastical illusion. Yeah. It's never going to be what you think it's going to be because you've, you've made a lie, and, yeah. and it's an idol. Yeah. And so I, I would say to people, in 2010, Skillet was named the number seventh hardest working band of the year. Um, we, we beat Lady Gaga. So the only thing I we didn't ever know that Lady was Gaga. a category. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Billboard, every year, Billboard, wow. Billboard Music will release all the statistics. And it's just based on... Uh, the the shows you played, the miles you ran, the this and this. Right. And I tell people, 2012 is when I first said to somebody, dude, I do not remember 2010. Yeah. yeah I did, I did, by the way, I did no drugs. Okay? Yeah, just so working. Yeah, I yeah. worked so much, I don't remember it. It was, I was doing the game, I got to get to the top. And it was just, I was just so busy and I never want to experience that again. Yeah, yeah we made money. It was whatever it was. Um, it wasn't that my heart was bad. I was just, you got to do what you got to do. And in the end, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember that year. Yeah. I wrote a song about it. You might know it. Um, it's a song called One Day Too Late. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote, yeah. that's what that song is about. So anybody go listen to that song. It's like, tick-tock, hear the yeah, clock yeah. counts yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what one. it's about. It. You're saying your life is going, 
And do you remember what your kid? Do you remember your kids walking? Do you remember your kids talking? Do you remember your kids saying, "Dad, I will you read me a story?" It's so powerful, man. Yeah, like, go ahead. I would say, and no amount of money is worth missing that yeah. stuff. Well, oh, we've God. had so many conversations, and I feel like I feel like I am at not near as successful as you have been, but I am I am dealing with that same thing that you dealt with back in 2010, where. The past six, seven years, man, I have, I feel like I've aged 15 years from it because we've just been, you know, on this side of the country and then we're over here and then we're here and then we're doing this and we're filming this many shows all the time. Mm -hmm. And then we got to do this even now, uh, you know, we're doing a charity event, but we got to film this show at the same time and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that, oh my goodness, my oldest son turns 12. He's in middle school this year. And, you know, and I know the audience has heard me say this a lot. I've got three, maybe four years left before he's more concerned about girls and his friends. And, you know, I hope that he still cares what his dad has to say, <laughs> but you know, I mean, there comes a point where, you know, they care more about what their peers think and stuff. And it just really hit me. All the baseball practices I've missed, all the things I got to, uh, Two weeks ago, there's a lot of people thinking like, "What's the big deal with that, Graham?" But I got to watch my son pitch at his at his uh, kid pitch game the other day, and I've missed so many of those things. And you know, I I I truly believe that in the political side of what I was trying to do for so many years, I reached the top of what I was trying to do. I wanted to be one of the top twenty conservative voices in the country. And I feel like we hit that. I, 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 we weren't number one. I'm not saying that, but you couldn't go through 20 people that were in this world and not have us in there, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I got there, and I found myself, you know, to be truly vulnerable for a bit. I found myself on anxiety medication. Uh, I found myself just the passion was gone. Uh, I found myself looking around like, who's really my friend? You know, mm. versus who who entertains being with me because of who I may be, mm -hmm. you know, outwardly looking in. Would anybody show up to my birthday if I didn't pay for the birthday bash and everybody just show up? You know <laughs> what I right. mean? Like, And I really started dealing with that, that loneliness. Like, what is all of this about? And, and again, like you were in 2010, I sit here now and I go, I don't, I don't care. I, you know, I, I don't care if I'm not at Mar-a-Lago rubbing elbows with like the who's who's and I miss events and stuff like that because not a single one of those things has led to any more happiness mm -hmm. for me. And, mm -hmm. and, and I heard somebody say, talking about value, I can't remember who it was, but it basically, whatever you think that number is, everybody's got a number, like I got to make this. And then if I make this, I have made it right some people that's like a billion dollars. Some people it's like a hundred thousand dollars. Everybody's got a number. Yeah. And they said, you will never, ever, ever be able to achieve the, 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 the monetary value of what your life and your time with those people who actually love you means. Mm. But uh, you will waste and you will never get back the years that you wasted trying to achieve something that you'll never, you'll never get mm. to. And, and I think that that's so powerful that, and this is why I want to have these conversations because even though we come from two completely different things, they're very in the public eye, spotlit positions where people would be like, oh, those are two very successful people. But yet we are echoing the same things. There was a point 
when you got to a point where you're like, this is not worth it, man. Mm -hmm. Like, like all this stuff is not worth it. And I'm at that point right now. And I hope I made the same amazing decisions. And I'm going to ask you about here in just a second that you did once you got to that point, where did you go to alter? Because there are some people listening that have had success. Um, people are becoming successful earlier now because of the internet mm. and all of the way that the world has changed. And there's a lot of people who are in their mid thirties who have in their minds reached this top and now they don't know what to do. Is my life over? Have I peaked? Have I achieved all I'm going to do? Is it all downhill from here? When you reach that moment, when you realize that this was not worth it, I can't keep doing this pace because it's not what really matters. What did you do to change it? Mm. That's powerful. <laughs> no, it really is. That's a powerful story you just shared. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I think a good example of that, again, not to beat up on Justin Bieber, but th that's a good example yeah. of someone that came into wealth at such a young age. Yeah. And then maybe, I, I don't even know what his story was, but maybe his career slowed down a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's hard to imagine because he's such a You can't stay person. at the top forever. I mean, no, you just it's can't. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think what happens is that it's because that's our identity, you know, mm -hmm. that's who I am. There you go. Exactly. Who I am yeah. is this, whatever, whatever your position is, you're finding all of your worth and your value in that. Yeah. One of my missions is to always tell people, I don't care if you believe in God. Do what the Bible says and see how your life goes. Right. And the reason is, is not so you can have all the benefits, but you will have the benefits, but so that you go, oh my gosh, that that worked. Maybe that means this is true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that means that if, if there's a God that that actually said this stuff, and and it's two, some of it's two thousand years old, some of it's four thousand years old, and it actually works. That you know, that's one of the things I, I I would I would like to convince people on if I can. One of those great many things is this: you're not identified by what you do for a living. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. not identified. Also, we can also bring this into the social men, sciences. Men especially, yeah. Put but put that in there. Yeah, and 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 there's something beautiful about the fact that men want to work. We want we have a drive to work, and that's good because work is supposed to be meaningful. Yeah, that's really wonderful. But it's all supposed to be meaningful in the uh, I guess you would say in the context of a God who created you in order for you to be a little creator. Yeah. It's all for his glory. So right. you are supposed to find fulfillment in work, but not ultimate fulfillment. Mm. So for me, it was like, okay, we're going to be on the road. Uh, again, some people listening might not know my wife is in the band as well. Yeah, yeah. And I have kids on the road. And so I just was like, you know what? I, I just have to have time with my kids yeah. Yeah. every day. They're on the road with me, but I never see them. Yeah. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing this. I'm writing. I'm so busy. And so we just said that's what that's what we do every day. And so it might sound like a silly sacrifice to to some people because it's not the end of the world. But um, but maybe just to give people a perspective of why this matters. When you're on the road and you're in a band, everywhere you go, you, you got to be on, you right? Know, sort of like your job. Yeah. You you can't meet somebody and be a jerk because then yeah. they're like, oh, that guy thinks he's amazing. You can't yeah. have a bad day. No. So backstage. All the security guys are, you know, security guys are also rock fans and yeah. they want to meet you. They want to take photos. It can just be that way. And so I said, every day I have to have this hour that I play with my son and it's going to be, it's going to be an hour where I, that means I am, cannot do interviews. Yeah. 
So you're sacrificing that that interview that, hey, John, we just got, you know, Rolling Stone wants to do it. Well, Rolling Stone doesn't care about Skillet, but <laughs> the Billboard wants to do an interview with yeah. you. I'm like, dude, I can't. I'm I, I'm at the zoo with my kids. Yeah. And you're doing that on a show day. So it's exhausting because yeah. you're busy. And, and so we began doing things like that, turning down money. It's a hard thing to turn it down is. that money. Yes, especially when you know uh, you don't come from money, uh, and then and then you get it, and then you don't want to let it go because you're like, oh wow, I, you know, and 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 yeah, uh, you find your. I have I have had. I, I love what you said. You find your identity in that because me and Alyssa have talked about this a lot. I have really had to pray through this, and still praying through this. You know, Lord, if I'm not you know, in, in quotations, Graham Allen tomorrow, who am I? Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, and and this is just, this is just me being honest in my own walk of this is I've really had to figure out, you know, where, where is my actual value? Am I less valuable if I make $50,000 a year than I am if I make, I don't know, a hundred million dollars or whatever it is a year, Mm -hmm. who am I really? Because this 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 chase of success and this chase of living this dream and all this other kind of stuff and showing people that you can do more, right? It it morphed into, well, that's who I am now, yeah. and I have to maintain <laughs> that, and and I have to, um, and and now I'm kind of at the point where you you, you said you were. I, I'm turning down speaking gigs. No, I don't want to fly or have to get across the country or whatever to California last minute because, you know, oh, they're going to pay you this money if you do it. No, I, my sons, I told my sons that we would watch the football game this Saturday. Mm. No, I'm not doing that. And, and it's just, it's realizing again, it's that, it's that, that comforting piece that doesn't make any sense of just realizing that you are more than this title or status that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think it's so powerful hearing your stories echoing very much what, what the, 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 the change that we've been going through on this show, because it seems to be every single person that achieves any, what anyone would deem as some sort of success seems to have that point that they get to. And the people that aren't rooted in some kind of moral compass or true values and beliefs, it just seems to destroy them. Mm-hmm. And, and people like you that, that, that did it the, you know, the, the right way as best you could, you seem to be thriving in it. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, where do you find, you know, for those people that are searching for that comfort, where, where, where I mean, I know the answer, but, but, you know, where, where do you find sure. that peace in, in times of uncertainty of what's going to happen? And, you know, what, are you going to be as successful this year? Is this album going to do as well as the last one? Yeah. But, you know, where do you find the peace in that? Well, and that is a real stress. You know, it, it is a real stress. Want, you know, we want to be successful. Yeah. We want to be competitive, you know, no matter what the, you know, the, the, the neo-Marxists say, competition is not a bad thing. Yeah. Competition is a good thing. It causes us to succeed and to, to try harder. You know, I think that one of the interesting things going back to something that Jordan Peterson always says, because you just said, talk about order. I mean, he, that's one of the, that's like his main thing. You know, he talks no. about order. Probably that's the reason that some of what he said sounded so much like the Bible to me when I first heard him. Because to me, part, a lot of what 
uh, what religion is about, what Christianity is about, is God saying, "I'm going to order your life." Yeah. Because you're in disarray, you're in you're in chaos, you're all over the place. You're like, I don't know how to do it. Am I working too much? Am I not working enough? Am I do you know? Do I do I want to get married? Do I want to get married? You know, it, there's all this pressure. And I will say that we are living in an America right now that is far more disorderly than it's ever been, right? I mean, but because we have no center, we have no moral center, which is what you just said. Moral chaos will lead you to depression. I mean, it, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here. No, but, no, go. But look, yeah, if go you want to take, if you want to take the most influential thinkers of the last 200 years, and you want to look at Marx. You want to look at at people like Wilhelm Reich, who wrote the Sexual Revolution, who was yep. a Freudian Marxist. Yep. You want to look at Marcuse. You want to look at uh, Foucault, who is sort of the one of the fathers of postmodernism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michel Foucault. Actually, Nietzsche is actually probably more the father of postmodernism. Really, you look at all these people; they they became madmen. Yes. The people around them killed themselves. Yes. Some of these people tried to kill themselves. Well, even Jordan Peterson. I love Jordan Peterson to death, but he had like a mental break at one point just because he's such, as you said, such these critical thinkers that it's just constant all the time kind yes. of thing. Even the good ones. Yes. I mean, it is a it is a battle. And what you end up looking at is a lot of this moral chaos leads you to despair. Yeah. It leads mm-hmm. you to, to suicide. It leads you to, to medication. And so the great thing about Christianity, one of the great things is that God says, hey, guess what? You don't need to stress about that anymore because I'm going to order your life. Yeah. You follow the routine. And so you're finding your identity in me. You're not finding your identity in how good you are. In fact, that is, that is a, a proposition of Christianity is that you are not good. Yeah, you're not. It yeah. doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, how much money you got. Oh, uh, male, female, slave or free, none of those things matter. You are not good. You right. need to be saved. The yeah. heart is That's, deceitful and wicked. The yeah. heart is deceitful and wicked. So that is a proposition of it. And so you're, you're, it's a recognition of, I need help. I need someone to order my life. And then Jesus orders your life for you, and he gives you a moral center. And, and so the more you begin doing what he tells you to do, your identity is no longer found in your job even though you enjoy your job more because you're not doing it for your own ego. You're doing it to please the Lord. So it's like all of a sudden you might even be doing some of the same things, but the reason you're doing them Mm. is changed. It's just like marriage. Anybody Christian or not will, if they had a bad marriage and now their marriage is good, they will pretty much say the same thing, which is I finally realized it wasn't all about me. Yeah. I started I started saying, you know what, maybe I will give love rather than trying to and some squeeze things it out just of her. Do not matter. Like it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't matter, matter, man. Like why okay, who cares who's right and who's wrong? It, it doesn't matter. And I would do yes, I think that is so amazing in the marriage thing, especially. And you know, everybody knows this. Talked about this in my book. You know this. Uh, me and Alyssa almost lost her marriage because of me, because I was the idiot. And, you know, I come from a broken home and, you know, which isn't an excuse. I still was the dummy and whatnot. Uh, but, but now here we are fixing to be 14 years of marriage. Um, you know, th- there's, there's things that will happen to where I, re- I still remember back marriage year four, where I'd have been like, 
ah, you know, over that. But now it's just like, is it, you know, does it, re- do we really want to mess up our entire day <laughs> over things like this? And I think it's just maturing. And, and, and I love that. All right. I want to ask you some practical things for people before we end this out. Okay. I, like I said, this episode is to give people things that they can latch onto, but then also give them some practical stuff. Okay. So you are a leader. You are. You're, you're, you're a leader. Um, and especially in the business sense, as you said, it is a business. You have employees, you have people that you are in charge of. Two things for this. One, what does a normal day look like for John Cooper? Mm. All right. And then two, what would you say your leadership style is for mm. your employees? Oh, mm. fantastic. All right. Number one, um, this has been key for me is uh, because I being on the road, you know, a lot of times people on the road stay up all night playing video games yeah. or, or much worse things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll leave it at video we'll games. We'll leave it yeah. at video games. <laughs> and, you know, they get in bed at four, five o'clock in the morning. They sleep all day and they're used to being pampered. And we never did that, but also we don't have the luxury of doing that. We've, I'm married. I've got my yeah. kids on the road as well. Um, and so what I always told people when they say, what's it like to be on the road? I would say, Skillet is the most boring band you'll ever see on the road yeah. because we're regimented. Yeah. And, and now I've found when I'm not on the road, I love it. You know, I don't sleep in all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't sit around watching Hulu all day long. I go... I want to be a productive person. Here's the things we do. So the, the things that I do, I, I work out because if I don't work out, I just become a slob. I don't yeah. really know there's yeah. this, this like connection between the physical and the mental. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I like it's to work. accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. It is it's something you yeah. accomplish every day. Yeah. And discipline is good. Yeah. Discipline yes, is a really, good. really good thing. And all these things are tied together because God didn't create us to, to have like, some in some sort of duality between yeah. the body and the mind or something. We are a, a whole person. Yeah. And so I work out and um, I, I, I always read my Bible. You know, um, I, I actually am a, I read constantly. Yeah. So you're I'm, an avid reader. I do. Yeah. I read all the time. And so everything in my life is sort of regimented out. If I'm on the road, I always have a time when we do it. I have interviews. They're scheduled 12 to 2 every day or something of that nature. So it's a little bit like I get what I want to get done before my interviews. Right. And then after that, I usually have a little free time, and I'll spend my free time hopefully doing something productive. You know, I mean, I watch TV and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. read. And, There's nothing and, wrong with watching TV. Of course, yeah, that yeah. sort but of. moderation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those do some things I want to do. Um, so um, if I'm on the road, my work will really begin at four o'clock because right. I'm meeting people. I'm doing because you, you guys normally don't even start playing till nine ish. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah, like when you come see us, we have we have you know you meet and greets and yep. we have you know Q and A's or this that the other. And so I just began you know, now that my kids are older, I begin having more free time to where they don't you know my son doesn't need to, me to sit and. I read a book to him like he did when he was four or five years old, you know? And so now I've got this free time. And so, and rather than sitting around, I just say, what is it that I want to accomplish in my life? What do I want to learn about? What can I help other people in that they're, they don't understand the things happening in the culture right now. Yeah. And so I study that stuff quite avidly so that I can teach my kids 
as well. And again, I think going back to ordering your life, I mean, if, 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 you, if you believe in the, the precepts of the Bible, then you say, all right, part of that ordering is that I'm supposed to be leading my wife. I'm supposed to be leading my family. I'm supposed to be training up my child. The Bible says train up your child in the way they should go. And um, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that's what you're supposed to teach your kids. So I do everything I can do to understand the times so that I can prepare. My, my daughter just started college. Yeah. And she's prepared. She knows. She knows radical gender theory. She knows critical race theory. She, you have to know postmodernism. Yeah. So when you're sitting in a class hearing something you've never heard before, well, a, I don't want it to be something you've never heard right, before. Right. 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 Uh, that's what I meant to say. So you have something to come back. So those are the things I spend my time doing to make sure that I am being as, as profitable as I can for my kids. Mm-hmm. And so my style of leading. I don't know. You know, I I always try to make sure that people, I always treat all of my employees the way I'd want to be treated always. And that comes from a a parable in the, in the Bible. You know, there's a parable in the Bible where there's, there's a, a, a really, really, really rich, you know, not a King, but someone like that. And there's, there's someone that he loaned money to. Yeah. And, and, and the guy hadn't paid him back, and he calls him in, and, and, and it's like, Dave, you owe me a lot of money, I, a, a lot of money. It's on the line, and I'm a powerful guy. You need to pay up. And the guy says, I can't. I'm so sorry. Give me mercy. I can't. And the really rich, rich guy says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you mercy. I'll give you mercy because you know what? You, you don't need to pay. Your debts, are for, you know, your debts are forgiven for now. And then that guy goes out to someone who owes him a little bit of money yeah. and he, and he punishes him and he like full on full law, full justice for the little bit of money, you know, in the Bible says that you're being wicked. You're not supposed yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to treat other people with the, the grace that I've treated you. So it's a very important thing to me to, to, to treat the, my lowest paid employee as good as my highest paid employee and, and, and so on and so forth. Right. And I always tell my guys, uh, most of the people that work for me are not Christians, um, and they are not conservatives. Most of them are somewhere on the um, hard hard left to, to moderate, maybe moderate left. And I love that. And I always, they know that I treat them this way because of my faith. And I always tell them that it's important that they represent me and the local people they meet. I don't want I don't want some local guy, some local security guy came to work the skillet show and and one of my employees treated them really poorly because right. they're nothing more than some local stage hand and I can treat you bad because it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, no, that's not how we do things. Yeah. You're representing me even though you don't believe the things I believe. Yeah. So Skillet's got a tight knit uh thing. Some people always think that maybe because um uh, I'm such a vocal Christian that everybody that works for me has got to think the way that I think. Yeah. And I same, same with you, same right? with me. Everybody and 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 I tell people all the time, I don't care. Like, but other people care for some reason with yeah. me. Like, I, 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 yeah, but they they think the same thing about but me. I think a testimony is that most of the people that work for me, I, I bet the median years is like seven years. That is unheard of in in the music industry. Yeah. Some of my employ um, my employees have been with me nearly fifteen years now. Wow. You know, not Christian, not conservative, not Republican, yeah. not agree, but we're close. We're friends. We love each other. We hang out with each other's families. I think that's a wonderful thing. I think that's great. I, I think that I think that's fantastic. I think it's a testament to who you are. I think it's a testament to what you and your family believe. 
And I, I just, man, thank you so much for, you know, not only being here, but also just putting some wisdom out there uh, into the podcast universe there for everybody listening. Cause I just, you know, it's cool to talk about the things that are happening every once in a while, but it's also really cool to bring people in that have achieved things in life and, and how they've done it and what they've realized along the way. So man, thank you so much for being here. Where can people go to support you and find out what's going on? I know you said you're on a bit of a touring break here in the next couple of yeah. months, but, but where can people go to find out what Skillet's doing and support you and yeah. all that stuff? Well, I appreciate that a ton. It's great to be here and I appreciate all the people who listen to Skillet out there. And uh, first thing you can do is listen to more Skillet. Just Come on now. Tell somebody guys. about this Just music. put Spotify on repeat and just forget that it's it's planned. <laughs> just let it just go. Podcast yeah. and Skillet. That's right. So that's a good thing. Uh, if people do want to follow my podcast, it comes out every Monday. It's called Cooper Stuff. So go to the Cooper Stuff podcast. We talk about worldview quite a lot, um, philosophy and things like that. And um, Cooper stuff, and then on 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 social media, I am John L. Cooper. Uh, my website, johnlcooper.com. You can get my book on there. My new book is going to be announcing in the next few months. And uh, so go check it out. Awesome. Well, that's all we have for this episode. Everybody, make sure to go check out John, check out Skillet. And we hope that this episode brought you some encouragement. We hope that this episode brought you some insights. And most of all, we hope that this episode blessed you in mm-hmm. some way way. Thanks so much for listening. Do us a favor. Hit share. Send this to five friends. Give us a star. Uh, not a star. Give us five stars. <laughs> give us a give us a comment. It helps us out. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you all again next time. <laughs>